0: Here we go again with another episode of The Babysitter's Book Club, and this time it's book 44, Dawn and the Big Compensated Altruism. Uh, I'm very excited to kick off 2022 with this particular installment, which I thought was uh, very generic of The Babysitter's Club, for better or for worse, a fine book, and I am very excited to talk about it. I am frankly much more excited about the person that I have here with me to be my guest, uh, a fantastic get, the best that we're going to do on the Babysitter's Book Club, it is my uh, my previous AP English teacher, the fantastic Jennifer Hansen. Mrs. Hansen, I think I have to call you. How are you?
1: I'm well, Jeremy. I'm delighted to be here, although with that intro, I don't know if I can possibly deliver.
0: I think I think you're going to do just fine if I had to put money on it. <laughs> yeah um yeah thank you so much for agreeing to join me here um I you are far and away the most requested guest by other guests that have been on this podcast and i'm I'm very intimidated just being here with you because uh you were the best teacher that I had up until high school maybe still to this point uh and i'm I'm just very excited to pick your brain and get to chat with you about this book
1: well that that is a lovely sentiment for you to deliver. I appreciate it. And I, um, I really, I have to say that you and the other students at Eldorado High School with whom I had the pleasure of working uh, were really such a delight and um, daily inspirational to me, you know, that I would get to go there every day and talk with such interesting and enthusiastic young people was really um, a great joy.
0: Oh, that's so nice of you to say. And uh, this book, there, there was so much in here. I had chosen this book for you basically randomly. Uh, mm-hmm. And then as I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much about being a teacher, uh, sort of like working in administration also at a, at a elementary and a middle school. So uh, mm-hmm. this, this really lined up really perfectly. Um, I guess before we jump into this particular book, I would just love to know... Um, What has been your experience with the Babysitter's Club in general before this? Uh, Had you encountered it before or was this brand new to you?
1: Well, I knew of the Babysitter's Club, of course, but I had never read a Babysitter's Club book ever, I'm ashamed to say, Um, although I was an avid reader of Nancy Drew. I think I was just, you know, this was after my time as a young reader, because I think these were I did a little research on the the original author and I think she was starting out in the right around 1990.
0: It's yeah. It's like 88, 89, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. And you know, I was already um, married and with children, (laughs) you know, by that time, my daughter, I think read some of these. I, I read Nancy Drew like crazy. uh, But I appreciate any book series that gets young people reading.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Have you um, checked out at all the Netflix series that's going on right now? Cause I know that's been a I lot of people's not. entry point. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear, I hear it's very popular. I'm sort of like purposefully holding off uh, cause I want to do all the books first, which is going to take me however many years, but um, I've, I've heard it's, it's fantastic. And I've heard a lot of people really enjoy it hmm. uh, getting into it. Yeah. do
1: they do they follow the books in terms of era or do they have they brought it into the 21st century? I
0: believe it is set like in the current moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've also played a little bit like I believe uh, Marianne is a black character. Don is a Hispanic character. so they've nice. played a little bit with some of increasing the diversity of the babysitters club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but what I've heard from a lot of people where that's their gateway, they've said they've really, really enjoyed it. and I know the fan oh. response on Twitter too has been really, really big.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one thing I'm fascinated by, I hope you don't mind a little uh, tangent, of is course. understanding what was the genesis of this project for you?
0: Sure. Yeah. So um, the boring answer is it was a pandemic hobby, uh, where just when we were in lockdown, I needed something to do. And I listened to podcasts all the time. And I was always thinking like, oh, this would be a fun thing to to just start for for fun, like, you know, no expectations that it's really going to go anywhere. Um, And then I just always, I I really couldn't even tell you where this idea came from, but I had always had in a big storage box that I inherited from my cousin, every single one of these books. And I thought it'd be so fun to reread these, but then Uh also like every time I reread one, try to, um, Entrap someone new into reading it with me to get their idea because I think the babysitters club really runs the gamut from like, like fantastic very sincere um, Mm -hmm. youth fiction to just like bonkers, uh, sort of insane like what are they doing youth fiction, Um, Mm -hmm. and every book I never know like going into it which one I'm going to get. Um, uh-huh. so that, that was kind of fun. And it's, it's been a really good excuse for me to, um, visit with some of the people I haven't talked to in a very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, and, it, and that's always like fun too. I always say that the podcast is really more a vehicle just for, for me to be able to like catch up with people or talk to people that I wouldn't otherwise, um, right. get to spend a couple hours with. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, that was my vision when I started is just will be a fun mm-hmm. thing for me. And it's, it's, it's been really fun. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So did you enjoy this book? I guess still like sort of at a high level. What did you think? It's okay if the answer is no.
1: Yeah. No, I did enjoy it. In fact, I read it, uh, you know, I started it one afternoon and finished it the next morning. Of course, it's, you know, super quick read. But, uh, you know, the author is adept at ending every chapter with a cliffhanger. (laughs)
2: Uh
1: And, uh, I find those really hard to, to overlook or to forget about. So I'm, um, I'm a captive audience once I start a book like
0: this. Yeah. Um, and so you, you enjoyed it. That's great. I I know we'll get more into that. Just, uh, again, maybe without going into details, did you have a favorite or a least favorite babysitter? I know we really spend the most time with Dawn, but were there any characters that jumped out to you in a negative or a positive way?
1: no one no one negatively it it was hard it was hard to know any of them really except for dawn because she was so central mm-hmm. um i thought it was interesting that part way through they start having um actual handwritten it's as if it's notes from the from the notes of the committee right
0: it's in the babysitter's club notebook that they're all forced to participate in do they Mm. do
1: this in every
0: they do Mm -hmm. yeah
1: um yeah i didn't i didn't really have a strong feeling much for the others it it felt as though it felt as though in this book the author is making a point of trying to drop in little tidbits about the others even though dawn is central um right and that would be fun for readers who read all of these and say, oh, there's so-and-so. And you know, <laughs> I, I understand that. I I liked, uh, I liked their idea of having a babysitter's club. It's a great idea. You know, it mm-hmm. serves the community and um, keeps them busy working.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I guess my last just general question that I ask everybody on their first time out before we dive into this book um, real life in terms of your experience with babysitting. Were you a babysitter? Did you have trouble finding a babysitter for your own daughter? Anything you want to share about that sort of background before we get into it?
1: Well, yes, I was a babysitter. And uh I lived on a uh relatively short dead-end street in the bottom of a canyon. And so the people who lived on the street were a little microcosm community, and there were a just a couple of us at my age, girls who in those days only girls babysat in our in where I lived. I don't know why that was, but it was. And um, so I babysat quite a bit, and I think early on I made fifty cents an hour, which <laughs> seems <laughs> horrifying now, but uh, you know it was a long time ago for sure. And I never had any really rough babysitting jobs in terms of the children they were all fun and easy the one that does come to mind is this was uh again a long time ago before the days of cell phones and um lights being attached to your cell phone and things like that and the couple who went out neglected to tell me that their lights in their living room were on a timer and would go off automatically at 10 o'clock and I was in the other room watching television. I was in the family room or the den and the living room and the rest of the house was lit. And then the kids were asleep on the far side of that. And suddenly all the lights went out over in that part of the house. Oh my goodness. So I thought, of course, having pretty vivid imagination, there's someone in the house who has cut the lights in there and is creeping up on me. So I spent the the next hour frozen in a state of terror, thinking of different ways that I could get to the children without having to go through that dark room. And I couldn't come up with a way. And then the parents came home and they, oh, yeah, that light goes off every night at 10.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is a horrifying story.
1: Yeah, it was horrifying at the time. You know, now I think, of course, nowadays, everyone would know. They Oh, the light's on a timer. I'd never heard of such a thing when I was that age. I was 12, maybe. Yeah. So.
0: I, it was, it, I kudos to you for thinking about how to get to the kids, because I would be just looking for a way out of the house. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the kids are lost cause. They're already gone. I got to save myself.
1: No, I had a responsibility to fulfill. And, uh. I knew it. I wasn't going to leave the house as long as they were there.
0: Right. Okay. Well, the, uh, you're a better babysitter than me. Um, <laughs> no, I, and I've never really babysat. So I guess that, uh, is a low bar, but, um, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, you mentioned before it's really only you, you were saying like girls at that time, the babysat the, I think the babysitters club sort of like makes that clear. It's, kind of an oddity, they, they point out, that Logan Bruno is one of their associate members who babysits occasionally. Yes. They, they always make like a big deal out of that. Yes. Yeah.
1: They mention someone, in fact, you you can see since we're on Zoom, that I have little notes to yes. myself on I, the book.
0: I wouldn't have uh, doubted anything. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected, expected anything any else. Plaster. Yes, yes.
1: But at some point someone mentions Jeff. Sure. Um, and I think it's someone's
0: brother. It's Don's brother? It's Don's little brother. Yes. Who now something
1: happened to him?
0: He so Don's parents are divorced. Um, Dawn's father lives in California still, oh, right? Her mother has been remarried and, uh, Jeff originally lived in Stony Brook with them, but then he was having a really hard time in school and he, he ended up okay. moving back to live with his father.
1: Okay. I, now right. that you say that, I remember it. They did mention that in the book and I just...
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like Game of Thrones, the Babysitter's Club. Uh, there's a lot of, there's hundreds of characters. There's a lot of lore that you sort of have to uh, keep track of here.
1: Okay. Are there dragons later?
0: <laughs> I hope so.
1: <laughs> I do too.
0: Are you a big Game of Thrones fan? Oh gosh, yes. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, from the books or the TV show or both?
1: The show, in fact, I haven't read it. I ha- we have the whole series here. My husband read it and I was just, now that I'm retired, I thought I'd have time to dive into it.
0: Yeah, I liked the show. I've never read the books either. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've, yeah we've watched it twice and uh, we were just commenting the other night that we might have to go and watch it again because, <laughs> well, it's so good. Right. It's just so good. And we started, we tried watching uh, The Wheel of Time which is new Mm -hmm. have you watched that
0: i have not but i've heard it's i've heard good things about it unless that you're about to say bad things about it
1: well i it's not game of thrones okay and i the only uh, the other problem is that my husband um doesn't have a high interest in um really deep fantasy and game of thrones was kind of 90 percent medieval and then 10% fantasy, you know, with the dragons and whatnot.
0: Right, 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 right. And,
1: you know, the Wheel of Time starts out with magic and sorcery and trolls and...
2: Oh,
0: interesting. Very,
1: very, very uh, fantasy-oriented, and he was sort of lukewarm on it, so... I don't imagine
0: We'll keep watching. Interesting. Yeah, I was gonna check it out. That part doesn't bother me as much, I don't think, but I can see how... Mm -hmm. um it would get in the way uh as a final final question do you have a favorite game of thrones character or house that you can uh share with us
1: hmm that's a rough question
0: yeah i'm a big baratheon guy are you yeah ours is the fury mrs (laughs) Hansen. i think that's right i'm gonna be really embarrassed if that's not right but i think that's right
1: I, you know, I don't. I'm unprepared to answer that question. I'd have okay. to think about it because it's, it's, you know, you could post this podcast and it, I could say something rash and have to live with it. And I don't. <laughs> know if I could.
0: People do uh, take these things very seriously. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. I just a quick Google. Ours is the Fury is the Baratheon house model. So, phew. Uh,
2: I got that
0: one right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, people are into Danny or not into Danny. Mm, strong opinions
1: yeah well i i do like daenerys and i even though she went bad at the end you know i i can understand why because she had been you know pissed off and mistreated for a long time right and uh but you know she had Jon snow to go back to what was her problem <laughs> <laughs> why would anyone mess that up <laughs>
0: okay I don't know. yeah so <laughs> next we're gonna start a, a game of thrones rewatch podcast you and me where we oh, do okay. every episode
1: yeah well yeah, that yeah. sounds like fun <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: yeah i had no idea game of thrones i wouldn't have had that on my bingo card for our conversation today um great so let's <laughs> if we haven't lost what do you yet,
1: have on your bingo card <laughs> yeah well
0: i can't tell you otherwise i'll uh, i'll ruin the, the, the magic Let's talk about Dawn and the big sleepover. Um, So I tend to just go through these things chronologically uh, unless you have another way that you want to do it. Otherwise I'll sort of take the wheel that way and we'll, we'll move through it if that's okay with you.
1: Lead on McDuff.
0: All right. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) Setting me up for failure. Uh, So here we go. Um, We're going to start this out. We, we sort of, what I appreciated about this book is that we really jump right into the plot there's not a lot of uh, messing around like a lot of these babysitters club books the first two or three chapters um and and as we'll talk about there's still a lot of exposition that we just dump in the first two to three chapters um but oftentimes they're about something completely unrelated to the main plot or they just sort of move us in like a a direction away from what's going to be the thing that's important at the end and here we're jumping right into it that dawn and mallory are babysitting with the Pikes and they are participating in this program, pens across America, and they have a sister school. Maybe we shouldn't call it that. I think uh, Donner Mallory says uh, with the New Mexico Zuni tribe. Um, So there's just, there's a lot that happens very quick in the first chapter, but it's Mm -hmm. all like very, very important to the rest of the book. Um, And Vanessa and Jordan specifically are receiving their pen pal letters from this uh, Zuni school in New Mexico. What did you think of this setup?
1: Well, I liked it, and i was I was surprised and fascinated by that being the setup when this book was written, because <laughs> it seemed as if uh, the author was making a really concentrated effort to fit in some very what we would now say PC. Uh, elements right Mm -hmm. they're pen pals with a native american school they're talking about a couple there are a couple of references um here and there to um ways in which the young people should think about these their counterparts in the zuni culture and uh how they should be referred to and what their lives might be like. And I I just was surprised that that was brought in so early as it was sort of educational really for the reader.
0: Right. And I liked, um, I mean, I didn't like, but I, I liked that all of these sort of ugly uh, stereotyping or maybe like not so PC stuff, it, it all sort of came up in the first chapter and mm-hmm. Dawn and Mallory were right there. Like, yeah. uh, uh, don't do that. Don't yes. don't call them that. Don't. Uh, I think like uh, Jordan is making a joke about like headdresses and war paint, and right. they're like, you, you don't, you like, that's not that's right. not a good you way can't to talk think about, about it. Yeah, that's that's not the, that's not the way to do it. Um, I so, uh, and Martin, we have we have noted before on this podcast, does not traditionally have a very deft hand when it comes to racial difference. Um, when it comes to things like, uh, like the, dis- the disabled community, um, hmm. and this, I think this was handled so well, that I suspected a ghostwriter, uh, because I, I liked the way that it works.
1: Well, when I was researching this series, I read that only the first few were really written by the one woman, and then it was taken on by ghostwriters, and...
0: Yeah, she goes up through mm-hmm. like the early thirties. Oh, does she? Um, so we're at the period now where, and she still comes back every once in a while, but we mm-hmm. are at the period now where if you were like a gambling person, um, the odds are that the book that you're getting is is mm-hmm. ghostwritten. Um, well,
1: and I wonder if this isn't, it's a pointed response to some criticism.
0: I would think so, maybe. Yeah. I don't know what that looked like in 1991, but um, yeah, I think other people handle it better than Anna Martin. <laughs> frankly <laughs> quite frankly yeah mm-hmm. uh, Kaylee Solstrand had a lot of thoughts about uh, Anna Martin uh, <laughs> handling <laughs> racial difference did um, she
2: read
1: a much earlier book?
0: she did, uh I can't remember what the book was that we did but there were I think I've done two with Kaylee that were from that era uh-huh. Um, and there, there was one where she uh she I don't want to misquote Kaylee, she said something about like an old white lesbians' idea of like racial justice is <laughs> oh, how she <laughs> uh, how she uh, classified Anna Martin. I oh, hope wow. I'm getting that right, Kaylee. I'm sorry if I I'm sorry if I'm not. But there was something that she she she's often very tone deaf. Um, the way she often describes Claudia as exotic looking, um, right. the way that she often like goes to weird lengths to talk about like exactly what shade of skin Jesse has. Um, so there's, right. This was nice is what I'm trying to get at. I don't want to bring all yeah. that all up again. I'm saying this was nice that it was, it
1: was nice. And I yeah. was interested. I put one of my little sticky notes at the point at which Jesse is described as being a dancer and she's the only black member of the ballet group. And, mm-hmm that when their family moved to Stony Brook, they were the only black family and they had a rough time at first and all, you know? Right. So it does sound like token. And it's, yeah. And it's nice. Token handling in a way.
0: Right. And it's nice that we're including like the diverse cast of characters, Um, There are going to be later books. I believe uh, Keep Out Claudia is the big one coming up where there is like a very explicitly a racist family in Stony Brook that they have to deal with. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be odd when, uh, Anna Martin is sometimes writing about, um, you know, Jesse, my eyes are like coal, but my skin is like cocoa. And there's like a lot of this, it's like, uh, coming from a white author, this is like a little, yeah. a little uncomfy. So, yeah. um, and all this to say, I appreciated that this was the chapter where sort of all the, all the like ugliness was like brought up by the children and then sort of like, uh, shut that down. We're not going to mm-hmm. be doing that in this book. Yeah. Yeah, which was nice, I thought. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what else is going on here? Uh, Jordan's Pen Pal wants to know, uh, has Jordan seen any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies? Have you seen any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies? I have. Okay. Uh,
1: my my son, my my older son, was very interested in them when he was young. And he was born in...
0: 1990 okay same as me
1: so yeah so he kind of grew up on them Mm -hmm. um they weren't my personal favorites (laughs) but uh you know i was raised on disney (laughs)
2: Uh
1: disney princesses etc and our daughter who's a, a few years older was very was captivated by the disney princesses not so much by the turtles but Luke enjoyed the turtles.
0: Okay. I was never a big TMNT guy, but I know a lot of people are really, they swear by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Nintendo? That's the other question. Do you have a Nintendo? Oh, yes.
1: he, he was big in Nintendo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was allowed to have a Game Boy when I was like nine.
1: He had one of those too.
0: Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I, I think have...
1: there's still one plugged in over here near me. <laughs> oh, wow. Frankly, or uh, it's some other little, it's rectangular and there's a blue
0: strip on one side and a red strip on the switch, probably. I don't don't know about these things. Okay, we play Animal Crossing on the switch. You would like Animal Crossing, I think.
1: I I don't play any tech games (laughs) at all. I'm sure you're surprised to hear that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing on the phone you don't do? Nope. All right, uh, fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, and, and the kids are thinking, what kind of Stony Brook paraphernalia can we send over to our pen pals? Um, so, Don is going to get home. Um, Marianne is like, uh, oh, Don, did you have a hard job? Why are, why are you so in thought? Did you have a hard job? Um, I hate Marianne. I just want to put that out there. She's my least favorite character. Um, so, I, I took great pleasure in writing down. Marianne is dumb and doesn't know what's wrong with Don.
1: Ah, huh. well, you know, hate is a strong word. Do you- sure, sure. <laughs> Do you really hate her? Um, well, uh,
0: having sat here through fifty <laughs> plus books with her, yes. <laughs> okay. <Fair laughs> Unequivocally, enough. yes. Um, but I won't. I won't bore you with that. Um, a couple other notes from, I guess, the Marianne Dawn household. They say Mrs. Schaefer is uh, no Julia Childs, which I thought was mean. <laughs> and. Yeah, and uh, youth is wasted on the youth is something that uh, Richard always says. Uh-huh. Yeah, did you have any thoughts on this sort of blended family, the, the Richard and Marianne and the Don and the Sharon?
1: Well, I just thought how lucky that the girls get along
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so famously, because that doesn't always happen.
0: Yeah, it wasn't always that way. Uh, oh. we, we went through a few books uh, getting here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Well, that probably created some interesting tension.
0: Yeah. uh, It ends when they tried to share a room together, but then Dawn didn't want to share the room anymore, but she also didn't want to admit she was wrong about asking to share the room. (laughs) So she uh, came up with an elaborate plan where she gaslighted Marianne into thinking that her room was haunted, so she didn't have to take responsibility.
1: <laughs> did they call it gaslighting?
0: Uh, they, uh, that's my word. Yeah. <laughs> For what went on I there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah. Um, well,
1: Dawn did strike me as uh, you know, she she obviously is doing a good thing in this book that I read, uh, no doubt about it. Um, but all of these girls are uh movers and shakers so mm-hmm. i could see that if they find themselves on the wrong side of a situation they might use their power
0: <laughs> right right and i think dawn well this is maybe a good time to talk about because chapter two is i think where they they give you the exposition dump uh like here's christy and here's about Christine, and here's claudia and here's about claudia um was there yeah, anything that all- stuck out to you from that or just that model
1: well, what stuck out to me was my, my big question was, do they do this in every book? They do. do they they yes. give this laundry list of who everyone is.
0: You get one chapter about who everyone is, and then you get one chapter about how the club runs. That's just going to be a given in every Babysitter's Club book.
1: Is it exactly the same?
0: I, I don't think, think it's copied and pasted. I think you rewrite it every time. I don't think it's copied and pasted. Yeah. Oh,
1: that would be rough.
0: right. Right.
1: Because how could you possibly make it fresh over 145 books? Is that yeah,
0: And, you know, I, I sort of wonder, like, are some of these copied and pasted? Like, I'd like to maybe go back, because I think if it's from Dawn's perspective, maybe she's saying the same things. But, you know, and full disclosure, I've begun to skim these after doing 40 plus. But um, I, I wonder, and it, it does seem like they do a good job of keeping it fresh, uh-huh. where they do include, like, recent events, So it's never, I've never felt like, oh, this is old. Uh It always felt fresh to me, but I I wonder if I'm a a sucker reader here and I'm missing it.
1: Well, you know, sucker or um, just mm, generous.
0: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That's a nice, yeah, that's a very, that's a generous word, Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had another question. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I think Dawn, one of the things that I really like about Dawn is she is like extremely, um, I don't know the word I want. She's very sort of like outgoing. She's very self-confident. And that I like about her, even when, and I think this is an example of that being used for good, there have definitely been previous examples, such as the aforementioned gaslighting, where I just sort of think like Dawn is kind of a crazy person. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I, I liked the way that it was uh, expressed in this particular book.
1: Well, right. In this book, she is a model of humility. You know, mm-hmm. even, even pulling off this big, big project, mm-hmm. she doesn't lord it over anyone, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. So she's... Uh, obviously matured since earlier books
0: <laughs> this is one of Don's better books i think this is one of the times i was very impressed with Don. Uh-huh. so i'm glad you got to experience that um so what about uh when we go to the friday babysitters club meeting this is where you're going to hear a lot more about how the club runs what did you think about the club in general you started you i think you already intimated that you were interested uh, or you thought that it was like a a a well-running machine here, but uh, were there any general thoughts on the club itself?
1: Well, I liked the I liked yeah. the fact that it it ran well and they had organized it nicely. But at the same time, mention is made of somebody's late or somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do. They're not taking notes instead of they're just watching, you know, something happening or that even though. On the surface, it seems as if it's very well-run and organized. They're still teenagers. And, you know, I mean, it, it could be uh, old middle-aged people like myself. It, you know, things don't always run the way they're supposed to, even if all of the, the parameters are set and everyone knows the drill. It still doesn't always work that way.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And I... Uh for the most part i think they do a pretty good job my favorite books are the ones where the bureaucracy breaks down uh (laughs) but this that did not happen here uh i always like to stop down when we get a particularly good outfit description um would you mind if i quickly read to you an outfit and got your take on it
1: i would be happy to hear okay
0: so this is on page 25 for people following along at home uh this is marianne and dawn arrive (laughs) to the meeting Claudia greets us at the door of the room. Her hair is in a ponytail on top of her head held up by a huge barrette in the shape of a bone like pebble from the Flintstones pebbles. I'm sorry. From the <laughs> Flintstones. It made her hair bounce when she moved. She was even wearing a pebbles type outfit, a pink off the shoulder blouse with huge polka dots and a ragged bottom over black tights on anyone else. It would have looked dumb or babyish which is the worst word you can use in the Babysitter's Club universe. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, babyish, that's fighting words. Uh, okay. But on Claudia, it looked cool. So what do you make of this outfit? Is this a thumbs up, a thumbs down? What do you think?
1: Well, as someone who could never rock an outfit like that, I admired it.
0: I think you're selling yourself short.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I thought... I could see it because I did watch the Flintstones quite a lot when I was young. And, and I, I admired it. I thought, wow, Claudia has got it going on. She is doing her thing and she's looking cool. Despite the fact that she's dressed like uh, a Neanderthal.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Claudia is the best. I can't get enough of Claudia. She's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: she has a personality clearly. Right. Right. She's interesting and she's doing her thing her way. And that's great.
0: I think she's underserved in this book, but I guess there's like not a ton for her to do when it's Dawn's big projects.
1: Well, and I also like how she pulls the bag of pretzels under the bed and says, these are for you, Dawn. You know, nice. As if she's really noticed who everyone is and, cares about them
0: yeah, she does a good job because I mean, Stacy's a diabetic. Don is into health food being from California, of course. Um, okay. so uh, yeah, she does a good job of making sure that they have like healthier options in right. her um, cabinet of curiosities of hidden hidden uh, snacks. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I, I admired that.
0: yeah uh, yeah that's that's a great point. Um, yeah, so Mallory is late to the meeting which is oh boy, she's gonna get it but then it turns out she has some sad news. Um, the sister school with the Zuni population has burnt down. There was a big fire in the community. And this is, this is what's going to set off sort of the conflict for the rest of the book. Right. Yeah. Very sad news.
1: It is sad news. And I wondered, uh, I wondered about it. It, I don't know. It seemed, um. Unusual that, didn't it start at the gas station?
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that in a letter from one of the students later. Like right. it, the, the fire started at the gas station.
1: Started at the gas station and then burned down the school. And I thought, well, that is curious that a school is that close to the gas station. But hmm. I don't know, in Zuni land, perhaps.
0: Yeah, and I guess doesn't it also like take out a lot of the residential area as well? Right. So.
1: Some of the people, maybe, so it swept through the community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and you know, I feel like uh, sadly nowadays in California, we're very used to, uh, oh, the fire started and it just wiped out a whole town. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if any of those have ever started in a commercial area.
1: Right. I don't know. But anyway, it was, uh, it was startling. I, that was the point in this book when I realized, oh, some of the topics of these books are going to be quite serious Mm -hmm. and real. I didn't know what to expect going in, having not read one before. So I thought this might all be sort of frivolous. Uh, I didn't know what, you know, what it would be. Frivolous, young teen. Oh, my gosh. It's a crisis that Paul doesn't like Susie or something. Like
0: that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, and I think I think actually one of the reasons I I still like the Babysitters Club uh, is I don't I never know either when I pick up a book I never know if it's going to be you know Marianne's boyfriend drama or if it's going to be um, like like something very serious affecting housing and livelihood. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's that's interesting. So some of them aren't this um, topical or serious.
0: Some of them correct. Uh, some of them can be very much like uh oh the kids that we're babysitting for aren't getting along. Um or you know, oh there's a beauty pageant in town. Uh and we're we're getting into fights because we all want our kid to win. Right. Um and then some of them on the other side uh, you know, there's one where Chrissy deals with, uh, she has to babysit, or has to, she get, uh, gets to babysit an autistic uh, young girl for the first time. And it's sort of like mm-hmm. the bullying that that girl deals with. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it can be a little bit of a whiplash that you get from these books yeah. when they go back and forth between these topics.
2: Huh.
0: Yeah, interesting. It's one of the things I like about them, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, so sort of a bummer of a Friday night, as Don says. Uh, Richard suggests the problem was the sprinkler system, must have been, uh, which is such a lawyer thing to say. Um, and then uh, Sharon sort of is just like, ah, eh, they'll rebuild, life goes on, uh, which is which is also a very Sharon thing to say. Um, so they decide that they're going to come up with something to help. And Don thinks that Stony Brook Elementary should have a food drive, a clothing drive and a fundraiser. Um, that's that's her plan. She doesn't really have the details worked out yet, but that's what she wants to do.
1: Right, and I don't. I wonder if she realizes at the beginning of of her plan how big a plan it is. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. But I think part of the beauty of it is that she she gets to figure all that out as she works on it. And she enlists the help of the teachers, and she, you know, the whole town gets behind it, which is very cool. Um, And it all goes off really smoothly in spite of, uh, you know, a few little hitches. My favorite hitch, frankly, was when all the kids start bringing their parents' goods (laughs) without their parents' knowledge and turning them in because they were getting points toward the sleepover and the parents go there to buy, buy back their own things because they want them to be given over.
0: Reappropriated goods. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That was pretty funny. I didn't see that coming.
0: I like that. Yeah. Sam, Sam. Um, on page 36, Dawn says, I did something I normally would never do. I called a teacher at her home and I thought, Hey, me too, Dawn.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, because if you call a teacher at their home, I don't know, maybe if you live in a really small town, like when you were in elementary school, could you get away with that in Placerville?
0: I mean, I don't think, I think I could have gotten away with it. I don't think I ever had any reason and it it definitely would have been like i would have asked my parents like can you call this teacher at their home like i don't think i ever would have done it myself yeah right no this was another question i was going to ask you about the sort of uh um enforced weekend labor that dawn is putting on uh this this elementary school teacher um and and how you might have felt about that if you'd received such a call on a saturday
1: well You know, I would have been delighted that she had conceived of the project and I would have jumped in, I think. Right. But you're a saint.
0: So that's you're a bad uh, sort of example, I think, of the, the whole teaching community.
1: Well, I can't imagine a teacher that somebody would think of calling who would say no. I mean, the teachers are it doesn't have to be teachers. You know, any adult that you would want to enlist in something would be someone that you knew already somehow. This person's going to say yes. This person's going to get behind this, right? Probably.
0: You would hope. You would hope. Yeah, and I think I think from Don's point of view, actually, the fact that she never had this teacher, right? Because it's an elementary school teacher that she never actually met. Um, I thought that was a leap, and I thought I thought good yeah. for for Ms. Besser uh, for going with it.
1: Right, but she did at least have the connection of her younger brother, right? Didn't her but- younger brother?
0: Yeah, but I, I think it was a strained relationship between her younger brother and Miss Besser.
1: Right. Right. It's the touchstone, maybe. And I I um I did I did think it was a great idea on Dawn's part, you know, and a real leap, maybe, but she had to enlist the help of the teachers to get the little kids on board because she wasn't even at that school anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Besser says she's going to bring it up in the teacher's room on Monday. Did you ever bring anything up in the teacher's room, Mrs. Hanson? Of course. What kind of things did you bring up? Like uh, community initiatives or like curriculum stuff?
1: Oh, well, we talked curriculum. Course. Or
0: like, hey, get a load of this kid. Was that something that you would ever bring up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, only in a very professional way.
0: Sure, of
2: course. I will <laughs>
1: say. Like, if we talked about students, it was always in the vein of, uh, you know, I can't seem to help so-and-so is anyone else doing anything that might work? Can, you know, is anyone else having success? What could I do differently? Or, um, you know, if someone maybe is being a real pill, say, has anyone else talked to this student's parents yet? Or, yeah, you know, is there anything we can build on here? Um, but, sure. Um, yeah, you know, I, I will not name names. I will just say that one day
0: you teacher, can say my name. It's fine.
1: No, it wasn't. I, was gonna <laughs> say teacher names. I will not say any teacher's names, but I, one day I was in the lunchroom and one teacher came in and said some disparaging things about a student, um, in a way that wasn't really very nice. And another teacher came to the student's defense like a bulldog Ooh. and I was glad to see it. You know, because Mm -hmm. it's not professional to sit there and, you know, talk about students in a disparaging way. They're students and we're helping them. That's our job. So anyway, it was it was an interesting moment that has stayed with me.
0: Yeah, I have some guesses. I'll ask you uh, when we're done here. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, So they're going to Don is going to call this Operation Help. I thought the name could have used some workshopping.
1: Well, it wasn't the most creative.
0: Sure, yeah, I thought we could have done better, and they they never call it that for the rest of the book either. So,
1: right. Well, maybe they realized that it was kind of a dog of a name. (laughs) (laughs) They should drop it.
0: Yeah, Don brings it up again at the Babysitter's Club meeting. Um, I like that Christy insists that there must be a motion before they vote on it. And yeah. it specifically says the members are weary and impatient with Christy's suggestion. Uh, but they do it anyway. They're going to have the big sleepover is the idea, but they still haven't figured out how it's a fundraiser yet. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think the sleepover was a great idea Uh you know, as a way to sort of give the kids something fun to look forward to at the end of the big project. uh, I got a little nervous when they started assigning points to it.
0: I didn't really understand the way that that works. Um, It's like if you participate, you can come to the sleepover. But if you just donate one thing, didn't it like haven't you participated?
1: Right. I thought so too. But then the kids were stealing their parents' stuff to accumulate more points. So there were going to be prizes. There were going to be prizes of some kind at the sleepover. And then I, I thought, well, now that smacks of fundraisers where kids are doing the good deed only to get the prizes. And that is not always so nice, but then I thought, well, if it's a motivator and they're really helping these other kids, uh, down in Arizona, that's, was it New Mexico, Arizona?
0: Uh, I think it's on the border. I think they do say New Mexico, but when I looked this up, it's it's on the border.
1: Yeah, New yeah. Mexico, it says on the back. Okay, so uh, anyway, I had mixed feelings about the prizes, but I also do know that little kids are motivated by that. Little kids like to accumulate stars or prizes or points or anything. They, you know, they rise to that. Mm-hmm. And with older young people you can uh appeal to their altruism
2: mm-hmm.
1: their, their growing sense of altruism hopefully but for little little kids they they don't necessarily know what that means
0: i also felt like they were a bit missing i don't know what you call it like a revenue uh chance uh just charge them 20 bucks to come at the sleepover right and like give all 20 bucks in, in the pot. Uh, y- you know, the parents are getting away from their children for the evening. That's got to be worth 20 bucks. They're getting fed. Um,
2: right. I think
0: they could have done really well if they had just uh, charged admission to the sleepover. But then I guess we sort of miss out on the plot point where it's important to participate.
1: Right. That 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 raises thorny questions, doesn't it? Because if you, the, the sleepover was supposed to be a, um, uh, a prize,
0: right, of its
1: own for the kids who participated. Correct. No work,
0: no no play, is what Don tells them.
1: Right, mm-hmm. and then you think, well, what about the kids who aren't able to participate? But all the kids could because they could do something of their own to sell their, you know, sell their time or their effort or try to donate things. So every kid did have an opportunity. It sounded like maybe they could have offered to charge the parents $20 of the kid for the kids who didn't participate. So those kids could right. stay if they wanted to.
0: Yeah. and It's, it's also, I mean, you bring up where we get into a little bit of the um, I don't know if it's nepotism, the favoritism that comes along with who are the babysitters clubs, favorite sitting charges, Where if they're not right there when Haley Braddock is pretending to be uh, Madame Laveau, the Queen of the Gypsies, which I think has its own set of uh, non-PC things at this point, (laughs) Um, like, would they know about that? And would Haley Braddock still win an award? Uh, Were kids that were not being babysat by these specific seven girls doing even more? And we just didn't know about it. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, I, I suspect that those kinds of nitpicky <laughs> questions were not on Anna Martin's mind necessarily. Well,
0: that's why I started a podcast, Mrs. Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to represent the people.
1: <laughs> you wanted to nitpick, huh?
0: Oh, I mean, that's all I have. That's all I have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, they get to go to the assembly At Stony Brook Elementary, Don is going to present at the assembly. I thought it was interesting that there is a specific, like, intercom announcement at the middle school for which students will be leaving early. Um, I don't remember such a thing in my public school career. No. Seems like a disruption.
1: Right. They wouldn't, the only reason they would have done it is if they had accompanied it with. Let's all uh, congratulate these young people for creating this project for pulling it off for doing something for with the community to help these unfortunate people in New Mexico yada yada right you
0: know, right They
1: didn't they don't go on the intercom to say so and so please come to the office or right at least even when I was young, they didn't do that so it's not it's not just a flaw of having been written in the 90s
0: yeah you get like those in my experience you get like those weird like quarter sheet notes delivered to you when you have to go somewhere
1: although now that i've said that i will also say the principal i have most recently worked with mentioned that when she was a new teacher a brand new teacher and she was in in rhode island at that point that she would forget every day to turn in her attendance and that the secretary, the school secretary, would come over the PA system and say, Miss Piccoli, I don't have your attendance yet.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Which surprised me. But she said, oh, yeah, they always did it back there.
0: That so seems, maybe it's an East Coast thing. I, I That might have just been that particular secretary, I feel like. <laughs>
1: It might've been, but I don't know. I wonder if it's an East coasty thing Uh, or maybe it's a really small school thing. I don't know.
0: I guess. Yeah. I guess could be. I I like when that other guy is like making fun of her and Dawn says, eat your heart out, Ray. Uh, And then she's like, I shouldn't have said that, but I said it. I love that. like, eat your heart out. I haven't heard that (laughs) maybe ever in my life.
1: (laughs) Well, it's definitely an older expression.
0: (laughs) Have you ever told someone to eat their heart out in a uh, sarcastic manner?
1: Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. <laughs> if I did, I don't remember it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so Dawn gets to talk at the assembly for the elementary school. Um, she says, do not tell the sister city. Do not tell your Zuni pen pals what we're doing. Um, uh, she says this is going to last about three weeks And I like when Jordan pranks his older sister by pretending there's like a bug behind her. And then everybody laughs. That got a laugh out of me too.
1: (laughs) I liked, I really liked when Dawn, did she do one assembly or did she do a second one later?
0: I think it was, they said it was everyone in second through fifth grade. I guess the first graders are too young, but I think that's just one assembly.
1: Is this the one where, at which she puts aside her notes and ad-libs it?
0: Yes. I, and oh, I loved that. Yeah, you're right, because she does a second presentation later. But I, I think that's right. I think that's right.
1: Because I thought, okay, so this this is really Dawn showing some um, maturity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. able to not read from the script and just talk about how important this is.
0: And I was yes. impressed. And I think whatever like whatever, mean things I could say about this 13-year-old character, uh, Dawn is very passionate and Dawn is very um, invested in what she's invested in. So I like to see that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's time for the Pike Carnival, Mrs. Hansen. The carnival? The carnival, yes. Um, I really hated... Uh, <laughs> I just said something nice about Dawn, so now I'll say something mean about Dawn. I really hated where... Um, the triplets were going to charge like 25 cents for someone to take a free throw. She's like, well, then why is it called a free throw? I was like, oh, Dawn, like, uh, what a, what a pedantic thing to say. I didn't like that.
2: <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I, I don't,
0: hmm. you don't have to respond to that. That was just my observation.
1: <laughs> but wasn't the whole point of it to try to make money?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is the whole point. Yeah. And the free the free throw, like we're not, we're paying the NBA players. It's uh, still called it a free throw. I don't, it's, it's <laughs> uh, a, dumb, it's a well, dumb thing to say. Is
1: that a comment on how non-athletic she is? She just doesn't understand.
0: I think it's just like a dumb joke that the ghostwriter was like, well, if you have to pay for it, why is it free? Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> have time for it. Um, I, Jesse's cousin Keisha is here, which I felt like we didn't really spend enough time with. Um, it's like one throwaway line about how Jesse's cousin Keisha is visiting her, and they're gonna take photos. Huh. Uh, but like a lot of Jesse's storylines are always about like how much she misses New Jersey. Um, her cousin Keisha, her cousin Keisha, say that five times is her uh, best friend. Uh, I thought there huh. was gonna be more with Keisha, and then it's just like,
1: opportunity. Just like one or line, you know. perhaps if this is a ghostwriter. She has a checklist of things to mention. Oh. And Keisha's uh-huh. one of them. And yeah. She doesn't want to give it much time, but she wants to get it in there.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 I, I buy that. Um, what, <laughs> what did you make of Goober Mansfields? Here to do the dinosaur show.
2: <laughs> well.
0: Did you put the book down? I'm impressed you kept reading. When Goober Mansfield, I didn't put the book up. down,
1: but I did think this is borderline creepy.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that I gave you the book in the first place, or Goober Mansfield?
1: <laughs> no, no, not that you gave me the book. The, yeah. the guy in the dinosaur suit. I thought <laughs> it's 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 uh, pushing the envelope.
0: Yeah, he's doing, like, dinosaur shtick, sch- I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this really made me laugh, uh, I don't think, for intentional reasons. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just really, like, uh, I feel like, speaking of the checklist you just mentioned, I feel like the Babysitter's Club always feels like it needs a couple of, like, wacky Babysitter's Club chapters, Uh, Like, oh, the kids are such a handful. And I sort of feel like that's what this And they like the the dog gets scared and like runs around like "Ah, what a what a wacky circumstance. And then like it has nothing to do with the rest of the book.
1: Right. So they have to have the chaotic moment.
0: There's usually in these books and I was like happy that it wasn't really here. There's usually like a much more tortured B plot. There's like the A plot of what the babysitters are dealing with. And there's always like a B plot where it's like, uh, uh, uh you know, Jamie Newton is afraid of the dark and there'll be uh-huh. like three chapters where they have to babysit for Jamie Newton and get him not afraid of the dark or something right. like that. So right. we actually were blessed that we didn't have something like that. I feel like in this book, instead. Well, we... They
1: didn't have time to do much babysitting in this book. They were too busy with their project.
0: Right. Right. Did you feel shortchanged about that? Actually?
1: Well, you know, having not read another one yet, I didn't know what to compare it to.
0: Sure, sure, yeah, um, yeah. There was I skipped over the boring chapter where Stacy babysits for Charlotte Johansson, but that was maybe like one of the uh, one of the instances of that. Here, uh, I mean, here is another instance where Claudia is at the Rodowski's and they're having a yard sale, um, and this is where we get into what we discussed earlier that a lot of these uh, kids are bringing their parents items uh without their knowledge to donate for the yard sale so <laughs> right. yeah we've got like <laughs> a, a a gang of like fagin's thieves here that are working stony brook
1: it was pretty i thought it was pretty funny especially when the man comes in his whole his suit is there and right <laughs> the, the really um oh the the books that were valuable and
0: oh yeah. Watson. So Watson, this was actually maybe my favorite moment in the book where Watson is like, Oh, what, what kind of literature do you, do you have? Which is like <laughs> the thing someone says that does not read. Um, and then, uh, Don is like, Oh, it's, it's crime and punishment. Have, uh-huh. you, read, have you read crime and punishment by the way?
1: <laughs> I have to confess that I am halfway through crime and punishment.
0: Okay. Well, I was going to be embarrassed. I have been, I was trying to read it for like a year and I just gave up, Mrs. Hansen. I just returned it to the library.
1: Well, uh don't be embarrassed because I'm halfway through and when I when I stopped was before the pandemic started. And uh I I ha- I have to confess that I have a problem with the Russian authors. Mm. Except for Anna Karenina, which I devoured and it's okay. one of my favorite books.
0: That's a Tolstoy, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And um but Crime and Punishment, I, all the way through, I kept thinking, um, so this guy is tortured. I get it. And what's going to happen? And I just stopped really caring at some point.
0: Okay. I feel like you've granted me such absolution here from the guilt that I was carrying about returning that to the library like a month ago.
1: Well, life is too short to read bad books. Yeah. And I don't think Crime and Punishment is a bad book. Altogether, obviously, you know, lots of people think it's um, wonderful, Mm -hmm. but if it's a bad book to you, and you feel that there are other books that are better uses of your time, I say read them.
0: Dawn and the big sleepover, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Objectively, a better book. Yeah, Um, I do have the. I've never read a Tolstoy, but I do have him coming up on my list. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'll let you know.
1: Okay. Good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but anyway, I I liked that Watson was like, wait, like wait a minute, uh, these are mine, and then David Michael's like, you never read them. <laughs> that made me like <laughs> right. that was my favorite Zing. part. Of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Pretty roasting, funny. roasting Watson. Um, yeah, and then it's it's very much uh, Don and Marianne are sort of like uh, taking everything in at the barn. Um, Dawn is very judgy about like which kinds of food items that people are dropping off. Uh, she's like hot chocolate in the desert. Eh, some people like hot chocolate, Dawn. Well,
1: not to mention it's freezing in
0: the desert in the winter. Right, right at nighttime. That's a great it's point. It's not
1: always hot.
0: <laughs> yeah. She was also making fun of the caviar. Do you like caviar? I
1: don't care for caviar. Mm. Uh, I understand it's an acquired taste and I have not eaten it often enough to have acquired that taste yet.
0: I've only had like cheap supermarket caviar, but I like it, but I like salts. I'm a big like salt guy.
1: I like salt as well. I just, uh, I don't know. I probably wasn't eating fine caviar either. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, There are other things I'd prefer.
0: That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and this is where Marianne comes up with the idea. What if we make them get permission slips? Um, so they have to sort of like sign off, um, with, with what their parents say that they can donate. Right. It's not, a ba- not a bad idea.
1: I thought it was a good idea. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was, I liked that she was, you know, learning as she went. And I was, as I was reading the whole thing <laughs> all the way through, I was thinking, yes, projects like this, uh, they take on a life of their own. A, and B, you can never anticipate all of the little tiny details that one has to employ or create or uh, put in play in order to make things go smoothly.
0: Yeah, and I do, like, as much as I'm poking fun at things like the permission slips or whatever, I do think one of the strengths of the Babysitter's Club as a like, young adult series is that it, it does sort of grapple with the realities of, like, I have this idea, how do I make it real? And then how do I deal with sort of the things that come up along the way? And I think that that's yeah. the thing that, like, keeps me sort of, like, cheerleading for these books, even as I'm making fun of them out of the other side of my mouth, is, like, I think that's really important for, like, young readers to sort of understand that, it's not just like you have a perfect idea and everything falls into place. Like you have to sort of right. wrestle with these realities. Right.
1: Right. And at a, even a more fundamental level, if, if these girls have this much agency in their lives and they want to do things and pro- produce things and promote things and make things happen, that's right. an amazing model for young people to read, right. you know, to see other young people out there doing things in their community. That's great. Even if it's, you know, even if it's not a big project like this, I don't, I know all the, all of the stories aren't about this, but
2: Mm -hmm.
1: just creating a babysitter's club. And even if you just had a partner and you babysat, uh, you know, you shared jobs and that kind of thing, go out and mow lawns, just go do something, you know, don't sit around.
0: Yeah. And again, even though I sit here poking fun at it, there's something to be said for the earnestness. With Literally. which, like, the like, as soon as Dawn tells her idea to Christy, she's just like, Yeah, enough said. We got to have an emergency meeting to like make this happen. Um, which, yeah. you know, again, we can like laugh at, but like, that's awesome. That's really cool that that's part of Christy's sort of um perspective and like approach to what she does in her community.
1: Yeah. 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 Tonight.
0: Nice. Uh, let's check in with uh, Haley Braddock, Madame Laveau. Uh, she is gonna do fortunes. Um, and then uh, Alan Gray, Justin Forbes, and Pete Black are going to come by, uh, and uh, Haley's basically going to grift them. What did you make of this?
1: Well, I loved it. I love it. Me too. <laughs> I love that she had the presence of mind to make it work for her and somewhat against them, but not in a mean way.
0: Right. Quarters. Quarters.
1: Yeah, she just outsmarted them and two dollars. Made it fun for them and okay. made it fun for herself and made some money and everybody won.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have what's going to seem like a very random question. Uh, do you ever watch The Survivor, Mrs. Hansen, The show Survivor?
1: I watch it because my husband and sons watch it.
0: Okay. Do you like it or not particularly?
1: Oh, this is a thorny question.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: So I uh i believe that the story is largely scripted so for that reason i don't like it but i do think that it's interesting to see people in close quarters in relationship so that aspect of it i kind of like and i also like to watch people in extremis. So, I like to see what happens when they're in one of the challenges, and uh, particularly the individual challenges, you know, where they all are working against one another. Um, I like watching those because I like to see what people are made of and who's able to uh, really come through on those. The part I don't like the most is when they all sit around at the tribal council talking to each other and tearing each other down. And that part I don't love.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I just bring this up because we, um, we, well, by the time this podcast comes out, we will have released it. But I did a survivor simulation with <laughs> members of the Babysitter's Club. Uh, on on my pre on my fiftieth episode extravaganza podcast, uh-huh. um, and we went through uh, babies versus sitters. Uh, so we sat down and we did that for like an hour and a half. And uh, Alan Gray, a big character on Survivor Babies versus Sitters, that's why I bring it up.
1: Sounds fun.
0: Yeah, it was okay. It was fun for me. I don't know if it's fun for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I have a million more things I want to ask you about Survivor uh, later when we're done here. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what else? I mean, we're really gearing up for this big sleepover. Um, oh, one more question I wanted to ask you here. Don says that four of the teachers at Stony Brook Elementary had volunteered to chaperone this overnight event. I was curious about your experience with chaperoning or sort of like volunteering as a teacher, as an administrator, how does that work? Is that something that you're excited about? Is that something that you avoid? Uh, I, I would just love an insider point of view on what that looks like uh, from your perspective.
1: Right, well, if if you mean chaperoning of dances, say, at, mm-hmm. at campus, mm-hmm. um, you know, well, every, di- every school district is different, but in, our, in the, the school district, from which you came as a high school student, <laughs> uh, all of the teachers were, as part of their contract, required to do a certain number of duties. Okay. Uh, uh, over and above the school day, so we had to do, and I can't remember how many it was, but we had to do a certain number of duties every year, and those could be um, helping out at sporting events. They could be chaperoning dances. They could, you know, there were a number of things from which you could choose. And um, every year, the sign-up day was a source of much intensity.
0: Wow. I didn't know there was one day.
1: There was one day, and it was carefully set up by times such that each year, a a new department would sort of go to the top of the list and get to be first. And those departments every year would circle around so that. The same people didn't get the first choices every year, which is fair, right? And we would go into one of the conference rooms downstairs in the office, and there were all these pages laid out with all of the duty dates. This was before the day of computers, of course. <laughs> and all the duties were on pages with as many lines as they needed people there, and the dates and the times and everything. And you'd we'd walk in, and you know, lots of people would have their... Hand-drawn calendars of their person, their private affairs, so they wouldn't sign up for something when it's Susie's birthday or the wedding or whatever. And we had to sign up for all these things. Now that's not, I think, what you're asking. This kind of chaperoning would be a, a separate thing altogether. And I did go on a couple of trips to Ashland. Did you go on one of those?
0: I I did not, but I know okay. what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: So we took students to Ashland a number of times for a few days to go to the Shakespeare festival. Those chaperones on those trips were people who wanted to be there. Couldn't wait to go, thought it was great. You know, we just, we were on board. We wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I imagine though, that for something like this project in the book, those teachers felt as though this was a way they could contribute this. The students were their students Right. And that's always an advantage when you are chaperoning something and, you know, the students there, it's easier to manage it. So I I don't know. I I can easily see teachers volunteering for something like that.
0: I think at the elementary school level, especially if it's. um... Right.
1: I don't know a lot of high school teachers who would sign on for an overnight. (laughs) That was in the gym with sleeping bags. And so, I mean, you know, the, the possibility for, uh, goings on would be yeah. high. And- I can think
0: of a couple that would sign up for that. And they're not the teachers that I like, Mrs. Hanson. No. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Did you ever, I, I mean, the Ashland thing makes a lot of sense. Did you ever get stuck signing up for like a chap or anything that you absolutely hated or were you, were you pretty lucky?
1: Well, we all got stuck with things we that were, you know, not as preferred, mm. certainly, mm. uh, I can't remember anything that was just terrible, but then again, I, I tend to go into things with, a an attitude of, you know, I'm doing this right now and I'm going to make the best of it and we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. That's a good, that's a good attitude. I would, <laughs> I would be salty about things like that, I think, but that's that's. Uh... Uh, you're fantastic okay what about this uh mr morton trying to bail on Don with these pizzas right at the last minute
1: that was horrible
0: it's like i'm out of flower like what
1: i know and i found myself as i was reading that i i felt my own hackles go up like how dare he yeah that is just that's ridiculous he could drive to the supermarket and buy flour i mean yeah, he flour there's no excuse get out of here but it did add, you know, a nice wrinkle to everything. Right. You know, at the moment when, when things could have fallen apart, you know, you don't want to have all those kids there and no food that almost nothing worse could happen. Right.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, again, again, but good for Dawn, this 13 year old for holding her ground because I don't think I would have had the wherewithal or the uh, presence to like sort of combat Mr. Morton, but she's like, yeah, okay, well, I guess this other pizza place will help me. Uh, Well, and
1: and she was was shrewd. She was downright canny because she said, maybe you can give me their phone number, right? So she was really sticking it in there.
0: (laughs) She's like She's, I'm afraid of Dawn In a lot of yeah. ways yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah This Mr. Morton, I I wrote down Dawn bullies Mr. Morton, and good for her Right, uh, deservedly <laughs> Deservedly so <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, so then there's just a lot That's going on at the sleepover um, The toy place is going to drop off Their toy donations um, Like we said, Haley Braddock She wins the creative fundraising award um, She gets a telescope uh Rob Hines, the most clothes collected, um, maybe by some uh unscrupulous means. Um, and then yeah, we're we're playing games, we're reading, we're going to bed. Um some kids are sad and want to go home, which I think is to be expected. Um, but otherwise it seems like it's a big success, the big sleepover.
1: It did. It seemed like it went really well. In fact, I was sort of a little surprised at how smoothly it went. Mm-hmm. Um on the other hand, it's true. Those were, those were mostly littler kids and they are going to fall asleep by 10 or 11 because they're going to be exhausted from running around and not eating right and all that. So, and I guess the girls really didn't get any sleep at all.
0: That's what it sounded like, yeah. <laughs> and I do think it's sort of a Babysitter's Club thing to hype up the big event, but then all of the drama comes along the way. Um, Ah, okay. And even to the point where, like, the book cover, this was going to be one long night. Like, it's really, it's sort of like, well, this happened and this happened and we took care of it. Like, uh, 90% of the drama in the book is about getting to the big sleepover. Right. Yeah.
1: And that, it's funny, really, that it's called Dawn and the Big Sleepover, maybe because they didn't want to give away at the beginning that there was going to be this whole fundraiser project.
2: Mm. Mm. You know,
1: really, I mean, a a truer title would have been Dawn and the Fundraiser. Or, right?
0: Right, right, right. But maybe not as, I was going to say sexy, but that's probably a weird word here. Maybe not as enticing for like their demographic. Like uh, the big sleepover, like what? What is this? A big sleepover? Got to check this out. Right. Yeah. And it
1: looks like a lot of kids are at the sleepover. So that looks like a babysitter issue.
0: right. Right. They're very crafty about these things over at Scholastic uh, with the babysitters, (laughs) the way that they market these things. Um,
1: Oh, big money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and there was a line, too, where Miss, Miss, I think I'm saying her name wrong. Besser, Baser, Besser, maybe Besser. uh, She says to the babysitters, oh, would you mind staying exactly the same age for a while? And I kind of felt like that was an inside joke because I feel like they've been 13 for like three or four years. Yeah. And they will always be 13. Um, Uh So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I took that as like an inside joke that yes, they do not mind staying the same age forever.
1: So they really don't age over 145 books. I don't don't think
0: that they ever get to go to high school. Uh, I think that they will always be in eighth grade. They started, I think, in seventh grade. And then we did very early on turning 13 for a lot of them but I don't think anyone's ever going to turn 14 unless I'm uh, mm-hmm. not remembering something.
1: Well, I see, I see a big opening here for the babysitters club hits high school.
0: Yeah. I think maybe like, Anne might've tried to get some money out of that. on like in a spinoff, but I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to, it's kind of why I'm excited. It's the thing that's keeping me going to get to the end of the series is like, I don't <laughs> really remember the stuff at the end as well as the stuff in the beginning. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to revisit that. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, one other just quick note, I noticed on page 132, uh, they wrote the Barretts were the last to come to pick up their kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Barrett is famously divorced from Mr. Barrett. Um, and it is, it is not an amicable, amenable relationship that the two of them have. I wonder if that was a ghostwriter issue. Uh, there are no Barrett's. There is Mrs. Barrett. And then there's Mr. Barrett who lives in another city. Um,
2: Interesting. So, so I just
0: was
1: a mistake.
0: I think so. I think that that's probably a mistake.
1: Huh. And
0: I know that's maybe boring for us to talk about, but the hardcore listeners of the podcast were, are going to want to hear it, I think.
1: Right. And, yeah. and how many are they? The hardcore listeners
0: Um, we do okay. We get, uh, we're in the, we're in the triple digits for each uh, podcast download. And are they people
1: who have read the whole series themselves?
0: I think, you know, I think one of the best things about this podcast is we have a long tail. Um, so I think, you know, we record these and the, you can download them whenever. So I think a lot of people sort of decide, oh, I'm going to read my way through again. And they can uh-huh. go three months in the past and say, "Oh, I just read the third one. Now let me listen to the podcast about it." Um,
2: nice.
0: Yeah, and I and I've always said too. I, there's a few different Babysitters Club podcasts, um, and I've I've interacted with many of them before.
1: Yours is not the only one.
0: Mine is not the only one. No, not by a long shot. Um, really? Correct. Yes, but I I feel like mine is the one you listen to like right away after you read the book. I'm sort of like quick hits, like let's review, let's recap. And then a lot of um, other podcasts do a really good job of sort of like a deep dive into the themes, presentation of feminism, uh, what's going on in the 80s and the 90s. A lot of other podcasts do that a lot better than me. I think what we're sort of good at is like the quick hit the fresh perspective from a guest who may or may not have ever read it before. Um, so I think you start with me. And then as, as you sit with it over the week, you sort of like move on to uh, more critical mm-hmm. pastures.
1: Well, I, I don't know a great deal about the world of podcasts. And I don't listen to a, a large number of podcasts. And I guess I had no idea that there were there must be podcasts about pretty much anything you could name.
0: It's true. I've got some good Game of Thrones podcasts I can send you later.
1: Hmm. (laughs) And what happens on that?
0: They just recap the episode and they talk about what happened. Uh, Some of them, I think, like go back after having watched the whole series and talk about the episodes in light of where the show is going to go, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. The
1: most fascinating thing for me in rewatching that was to see how, in the first episode, of course, one doesn't see it the first time, but mm-hmm. when you've seen the whole series and then you watch the first one again, you see that the entire series is laid out in that first episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All of,
1: the major, all of the major themes of the of the series are there.
0: I'll have to... I haven't rewatched the first episode in years. I'll have to go and uh, do that.
1: Yeah. Huh. It's, okay. It's fascinating.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah. But yes, there are to the point where it's a joke there are podcasts about anything that you can imagine every millennial has a podcast so
1: yes oh is that what it comes to that if you're in a certain generation yes you're, you make you're creating
2: one
0: yeah every millennial has a podcast yeah yeah huh. especially in the Los Angeles area i think is like the uh the larger stereotype
1: really yeah. okay so boom, boomers can't have podcasts
0: i mean i think they can i don't think they do it i think the stereotype is like a podcast is very narcissistic um a podcast is very let me tell you my opinion on the thing that i like um I see. and so I, I think it's associated with the millennial gen z generations much more so than maybe um the older generations
2: hmm, interesting yeah,
0: just from what i understand and mm-hmm. i'm i'm fallen right into that category so i'm not in any position <laughs> to to fight it um yeah we're basically at the end of the book here the uh the big sleepover is a success we're going to send all the stuff uh to the zuni tribe i was wondering what the shipping costs on all that were going to be oh you there's, and me both there's sort of like a like a hand waving line like oh we took it out of the money that we raised and then we also sent the rest to them but how right, much would yeah. There's not
1: going to be money left.
0: Yeah, and they they're going to get a letter then from Joseph Woodward, the principal and uh, English teacher. I thought of you uh, there at the <laughs> at the school, and he says something like, "Oh, this was so great, and the money you sent us we're using to like begin reconstruction."
1: Yeah, I thought really, uh, the people in Stony Brook must be they must have deep pockets.
0: I wanted to see the figure on what they raised. They they do that like children's book thing where they don't tell you the amount, but they just sort of tell you like it was a it was a big amount. Um, well,
1: they are in Connecticut, aren't they?
0: They are in Connecticut. Yes. <laughs> They're in a very like white suburb of like New yep. York City basically. So yeah. Right.
1: Maybe they have very deep pockets. Maybe every family was donating $10,000 or something. I don't know, but Yeah. Uh I was surprised at that too. In fact, I was sort of hoping for uh you know, in the last chapters that they would, you know, rent a U-Haul and Dawn would get her parents to drive all of the stuff there.
0: Oh, uh uh-huh.
1: Because that would be probably cheaper than shipping it.
0: Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. That could have been a really good, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the babysitters. They have a thing called the super specials. Um, Mm -hmm. so they've done like a, a dozen or so of them, but they're, they're like twice as long as a regular book. And they're mm-hmm. always about some big event. Like we're going to Disney world. We're going to summer camp. And another part of the super special is that every chapter switches the narrator. So it's like Don is chapter one. Marianne is chapter two.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Christie's chapter three. That would have been like a really interesting super special to pair the fundraiser with the trip to New Mexico.
2: Right. Um, uh, that's,
0: that's an interesting idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And just to your point, Watson, the millionaire, he's like, oh, I guess I'll give you $15 to get my crime and punishment back. Like, let's open, let's open that wallet a little bit uh, more, Watson. (laughs) Come on. $15. Don't do us any favors, man.
1: Right. Well, Um, it was 1990.
0: I guess so. Oh yeah. You're supposed to, I've done the inflation calculator before. You're supposed to like roughly double everything from the nineties. So it's like, $15 Fifteen dollars is like thirty dollars ish. Um,
1: yeah, that, even that seems low to me.
0: But maybe it seems low to me too, Watson. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the book just sort of ends where they're all getting like the letters from their the, the pen pals thanking them. Um, Haley gets a letter addressed to Madame Laveau. It goes to Marianne. Marianne is weird about it, but what else is new? Um, and then her pen pal just says like, "Oh, all your predictions come true." But then, like but
1: the PS was great. Haley
0: should have hit in your handwriting better. Yeah, right. that's the PS, yeah. and that's that's the end of the book. Um, I, I thought the ending was fun.
1: I did too. I thought it was a cute way to end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that is Don and the Big Sleepover. Um, did you have anything else? Uh, we always like to sort of end with, uh, like, is there anything else in the back of the book that was interesting to you? All your order forms from Scholastic. Your preview for Christy and the Baby Parade. Anything else you wanted to touch on there?
1: Well, interestingly enough, there is nothing in the back of my book.
0: Oh, it does always vary in terms of addition. Yeah, wow, yours just ends. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Um,
1: what I did find very sweet is in the front of my book, Okay. Uh, Joanne P, Joanne Pajarito, Joanne K. Pajarito was the owner of this book.
0: Oh, and there's oh. There's a
1: very cute little sticker here that says, from the library of that is Joanne cute. K. Pajarito. Uh huh. And I, um, I had stickers like that when I was small. Yeah. I mean, I still have them. Who am I kidding? But <laughs> I, had, I had stickers like that and I used them with great relish when I was young. And just, you know, the idea that a young person has a library of her own warms my heart
0: it's a nice thought yeah yeah oh that's so great i always buy them used so i never know what we're gonna get um what did you anything about the cover art that you want to say uh i thought this one's not so bad sometimes they're laughable this one's pretty good
1: well i thought first of all i'm assuming that's dawn
0: i it must be yeah
1: and i thought well you know dawn's a little haughty oh (laughs) And no one says anything about that
0: uh-huh
1: <laughs> anywhere in the book
0: well she's I mean, from don't california you
1: she, don't you think she's portrayed there as
0: y- she is very attractive i don't want to think too much about the 13 year old girl as a 30 year old man but yeah she looks well very i
1: know you're in a hard spot in terms of <laughs> that and you know that's another thing that's you know f- part of gosh i don't know if you remember in class when we read um the the balloon man poem
2: Okay. The,
1: the wee balloon man who it's in spring and he's, um, you know, talk, he's handing balloons to the kids or something. And uh, everyone, every student reads it as this creepy pedophile oh, <laughs> I see. every year. I would have to say, no, no, you're reading it as creepy pedophile because of the world we live in now. But when this was written, there was no such illusion at all. It's a guy who's handing out balloons to little kids. And um, the fact that you as a 30-year-old man find it quasi-creepy to comment on an illustration. It's not even a photograph. Uh (laughs) It's an illustration of a girl who's in junior high school. I mean, I'm the one who used the word hottie just to be funny, but you know, she's (laughs) cute. She's a cute girl. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes, she is. And Don, I think is supposed to be very attractive in the books. So. um... Right.
1: But it's, so I guess where I'm going is that this to me, the cover dates the book because (laughs) It has this girl who uh, is with all these kids who look like they're having a ball, and she looks like she's having a good time. And based on how she looks, you know, she could be out on a date or something. And instead, she's babysitting, and mm. that's very much of the the eighties, more than now, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I can see where you're going. That's really interesting. I never thought of it in those terms before, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, Yeah.
1: as someone who's been working most recently at a middle school, I'm thinking of girls who look like this who are in the eighth grade. Were they in the eighth grade in this? They are in the eighth grade, yes. Eighth grade, yeah. And I'm I'm thinking that the girls who are... um, I don't know i don't see them babysitting
2: Hmm.
1: and i'm not sure maybe they do maybe they do but most of the women who i know who have children that need babysitting are hiring high school and college girls not middle school girls Mm -hmm. so i wonder if that's shifted I wonder if young girl, like I started babysitting when I was 11 or 12, 12 maybe. And I don't know that people have babysitters who are 12 anymore.
0: Yeah, we've, I've touched on this with a few guests before. Some people have remarked that they seem young to be doing what they do. And I don't, I don't know how much of that is a a time thing. How much of that, uh, as we've said, is a marketing thing to make them that age how much of that is just, uh, that we do like, maybe we don't do that anymore in 2021. I don't have a good answer for that, but that is, it's interesting to think about.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Cause my children are too old to need babysitters. So I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are the babysitters. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know that when they did need babysitters, I hired girls who were not in middle school. They were in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that by choice or was that just because that's who was available?
1: Um, I didn't know any girls younger than high school who were trying to do it. Hmm. So maybe I just didn't know. There was a girl, we lived in Washington when my children were very small and um, in a somewhat rural area, we lived on a street with other houses, but everybody had five acres kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the day after we moved in, a girl came walking down the street. She lived about four houses away. I learned later. She came walking down the street and she introduced herself, shook my hand and handed me her business card. Oh, so I, I babysit. And here's my business card. And I, we just noticed that you moved in and you have a little daughter and, you know, call me. And uh, that was new. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she did
1: babysit for us quite a few times. She okay. was
0: good. Yeah, that's really enterprising of her to, mm-hmm. to to go out of her way to do that and to have the business card. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've talked a little bit, I think, I can't remember the guest, but we talked a little bit about how just in 2021, we wonder if there is a sort of a generational technological shifts where we don't really think locally anymore. We sort of think with the internet, like I'm going to make my money or I'm going to put my efforts doing something that's going to be global or national um, where before yeah. you sort of had the, your, the world in your pocket, it was much right. more, how can I, how can I make money, you know, in the radius that I can ride my bike?
1: Why babysit when I can make a TikTok and get a million followers?
0: There you go. Yeah. Are you on the TikTok?
1: <laughs> I am not. Me neither.
0: Me neither. Yeah.
1: No, I, in fact, I didn't know until fairly recently that you could be, on it, like a follower of it. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I've, I've yet to really understand it entirely. Um, I don't understand. I was asking my, my youngest son, the other, just the other night, how you, how you know who to follow or how you even would know what to follow or why you would want to.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) He, he, um, he was trying to explain it to me, but he had the, Oh, mom, you're so old. Look on his face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have uh, I think the f- I um I was a teaching assistant for film and media studies classes for the last few years at here at UCSB. Hmm. And I remember like the first time I heard about TikTok, it was like a media criticism class. They were sort of pitching me what their final papers were gonna be. And uh this this one student said, I, I wanna write about TikTok. And I said like the Kesha song from 2010. And I got like from 30 different students that same like, I can't believe you just said that look. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know what TikTok is. And they had to like explain it to me. Uh and I, yeah, I've I've never felt more like the Crypt Keeper in that than in that moment.
1: Right. At least I have the excuse of being of a different generation
2: entirely.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is like a lot that they. Yeah, even just being five to ten years older than the students I work with, I'm just like I have, like I have no idea, like what you're talking about,
1: right? (laughs) Which is pretty wild, startling, isn't it? That how quickly things move, and you know, I know I was feeling right before I retired. A couple of things came up at school that I knew nothing about, and even my principal, who's younger than I am by a good bit and who has younger children, she said, you don't know who so-and-so, some singer or something, some Mm -hmm. singer-influencer, that frankly, the mere fact that one can be an influencer, that that's a a job, presumably, uh, is hard for me to gather. But I didn't know who this person was at all. And my principal looked at me like, you don't know who so-and-so is? And I said, I don't. Help me. (laughs) help me understand and I started to realize if I wanted to be able to relate to these young people in a way that was meaningful for them I needed to either get on board with uh modern media or retire
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and which did you choose
1: (laughs) well here I am retired
0: (laughs) yeah I always feel like my pop culture knowledge yeah even when I was a teenager it's always been um like an inch wide and a mile deep mm-hmm. so like I can answer very you know ask me about the Barrett family and the history of Mr. and Mrs. Barrett I'm right there I could write you an essay but then it's like ask me five general questions about music and I'm just like uh, I don't know yeah. uh so it's yeah. uh I've always been like more of a specialist than a uh uh, sort of casting the white net that I probably should be.
1: Well, there are no shoulds there. Uh, that's, I yeah, yeah. You, you follow what you're interested in and that makes you interesting.
0: And that's where, well, I'm still hoping that that happens to me someday. Um, okay, well, that has been Dawn in the Big Sleepover. Do you have a couple minutes for the game? I do. Okay, we can go, we can go quick through this. Um, it sounds like you're at least partially familiar with the game uh drawn from the sassy experience sleepover game speaking of sleepovers, I am. yeah
1: and you know what I just got the low battery signal oh um, can you hold on while I get my yeah
0: we'll take a quick break and you let me know when you're ready yes yeah, so this is the sassy experience game and you, you said you might have listened to one or two of these before is that right
1: yes I did I listened to a couple of your interviews with uh people i know
0: yeah can i put you on the spot and ask you who you listen to or do you decline to state
1: well i listened to um margaret carroll okay and i listened to part of kaylee Solstrand. yes and then um my life intruded
0: <laughs> no that's fine and they weren't very good right you didn't like it at all
1: Oh, I liked them.
0: No, I, I'm just making a joke. Yeah. They're, <laughs> no, they're fantastic. Yes. They're okay, gonna be well, they're gonna be very excited to hear that you uh, uh checked out their episodes. Um oh, uh, not,
1: did Mary Mary Garcia did one too. I think that you sent.
0: She's done a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have only sent you one. Um, and I
1: heard part of hers as well.
0: Yes, she's also also a fantastic guest. Yeah. Yeah. We um uh I'm gonna be recording. It'll probably come out the week after your episode. Actually, in January, uh, we're going to be doing a super special where all the babysitters go to New York, um, and my guests for that are going to be both Kaylee and Mary because they both live in New York right now. Oh wow! So that's going to be a that's going to be a big episode.
1: Well, that sounds fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay, so you know that this is a card that we've taken from the Sassy Experience game. Um, a sort of uh, silly, fun sleepover game uh, marketed right around this era, probably for the same demographic as the Babysitter's Club books. So yeah. we're just going to run through this card real quick and see how we do, okay?
1: Okay, I I the, the pressure's on.
0: Yeah, well, and I don't have to remind you, uh, the first two questions are going to be multiple choice, but they do have a correct answer. So okay. for these first two, it's uh, very important that you uh, focus up. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, the first question. Um, Michael Stipe of R.E.M. Are you familiar with R.E.M.? Yes. Okay. Do you know about Michael Stipe? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, You're ahead of me on both counts. Okay. Michael Stipe of R.E.M. doesn't want to be pigeonholed as A, a political writer, B, a sex symbol, or C, a pop star. well, If you wanted to talk it out, I have no idea who this person is. So I would appreciate any information you could give me.
1: Well, he's, he's a really fascinating lyricist. So, uh, he, he's, his, the REM lyrics are unusual and, um, deep and sometimes hard to, uh, unpack. Mm. So, Uh, I think, I think B is off the table.
0: Okay. I actually don't know what the source is on this question. I don't know if he said this in an interview or what, but, uh, Sassy is listing Uh, it as a fact.
1: Could you read A and C again?
0: Sure. A is a political writer and C is a pop star.
1: Right. I'm going to say A.
0: You want to lock in A? I do. All right. That is absolutely correct. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't consider him that, so it worked. I don't consider him <laughs> any of those things. Okay. Question two. Well, oh, here you go. According to a sassy survey, so here we have the, uh, the source. What do you guys think is most important in a relationship? Is it A, similar interests, B, hot times together, <laughs> or C, having fun?
1: Well, should I assume that B doesn't mean, you know, we're at the desert or at the beach? Like I
0: don't me? think it's like the New Mexican climate uh, okay. for B. I, okay. <laughs> but that's just my opinion.
1: <laughs> now, can, can you also help me with understanding Sassy a little bit?
0: So maybe. Who's being cold? I believe it's the readership of Sassy magazine. So that would be, and I, I don't know how they're getting the men because I think overwhelmingly it's a uh, preteen to teenage female demographic, but right. somehow they're pulling uh, preteen to teenage boys hmm. and they're asking them the most important thing in a relationship.
1: In a relationship.
0: Yeah, I think that might be, uh, yeah, I don't want to give away the answer, but I think that might be an important word there.
1: Yes. All right. So Please read the um, answers
2: again.
0: Certainly. You have A, similar interests, B, hot times together, or C, having fun.
1: Well, you know, I'm trying to second guess this and I shouldn't. So I'm just going to say A.
0: A, similar interests. You want to lock that in? Yes. All right. That's correct. Two for two. Uh, and the back of the card says 97% of guys responded with a similar interests. Really? Yeah.
1: I thought I was going to be wrong, but I wanted to be right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Two for not many people go two for two here. So they very impressive. Okay. All right. All right. You're, you're out of the woods now. Um, so this next question is also multiple choice, but obviously there's not a correct answer on this one. The question is Mrs. Hansen, how would friends describe your bedroom? Okay. A neglected, B, totally cool, or C, neat. I don't know why it can't be all of the above, but I think you have to choose one.
1: This presumes that friends are in my bedroom.
0: (laughs) You don't have sleepovers anymore?
1: (laughs) Well, not regularly.
0: You Uh, can answer the question from when you were younger, if you would like. That's always an option as well, if you want to answer as a 13-year-old.
1: Okay, so what was A?
0: Neglected. <laughs>
1: Neglected. Okay. Neglected.
0: Totally cool totally or neat.
1: Cool or neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh. I guess neat.
0: Neat. Okay. You, you keep things pretty neat around there.
1: Oh yeah, not not excessively, but I don't have you know dirty clothes lying around.
0: Sure. Yeah. But it's not totally cool. Can it be both things?
1: Well, it's cool to me, but Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think it's probably cool to others. I mean, you know, there are lots of books around.
0: Yeah. Lame nerd. Okay. Um, (laughs) all right. I'll take the, okay. Halfway home. Uh, so this is the one where someone is writing into you for advice. Okay. And we're going to get your opinion and see how well the answer matches what Sassy said. And this is quite the question that came up on your card here, Mrs. Hansen. Uh-oh. Here we go. Dear Mrs. Hanson, my 18 year old boyfriend thinks I'm 15. I'm really 12. Should I <laughs> tell him my real age? Oh gosh. Also, my parents want me to stop seeing him. What do I do? Yikes.
1: Oh boy. Well, uh, First of all, the first thing you do is break up with this boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing because his dating of you is a crime.
0: Right, right.
1: So that's the first thing, and it has to happen immediately. And uh, yeah, the second thing is uh, you need to find other adult caregivers because if your parents have been allowing you to see this person, uh, you're in big trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sassy magazine had basically your answer, but in a softer way. Uh, <laughs> they said, yes, tell him your real age. It's never a good idea to lie. He needs to know why your parents insist you stop seeing him, respect your parents' wishes.
1: Well, that is a nice way to put it.
0: Yeah. Uh stop yeah. committing a crime. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, <laughs> So the stuff you do never really works out on the podcast because it's always very physical. Um, I'm going to read it to you, but then we'll adapt it to a podcast question. So what you have on here is do a pantomime of walking through a crowded room at a party, wedging your way past people to get to the snack bar, Um, which again, probably doesn't really work very well on a podcast. Uh, When was the last time you were at a crowded party? I know it's probably been a couple of years at least. Do you go to a lot of parties?
1: Uh, I don't go to a lot of parties,
0: Hmm.
1: Um, but when I do, I make my way quickly to the snack table.
0: Yeah. What's your snack of choice?
1: Uh, I am an equal opportunity snacker. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, what would it, so I'm supposed to pantomime it uh, audibly. Is that right?
0: Well, we we don't actually have to do that. I I'm just more interested in like what kind of parties you go to based on this question.
1: Well, what kind of parties do I, I go to? Any parties I can. It's just that you know my friends don't throw a lot of parties. Hmm. Um, you know, Christmas holiday parties happen every year except this year. Right. You know, still, I also happen to move in a circle of people who are. Uh, you know, for better or worse, we're rule followers and people who have been vaccinated and who don't get together in groups of people. So um, we're still cautious uh, about that.
0: I think that's for better.
1: Yeah, I do too. But I know a lot of people don't. So I'm, I'm not trying, I'm trying to not say it in a judgmental way. I don't, sure. I don't think about it that way, really. So I just, uh, you know, parties that have to do mostly with um, a holiday or with, happy events having to do with either someone retiring or someone's engaged or someone's getting married or someone's, I don't know, those kinds of things.
0: Yeah, maybe let's say uh, you could have the snack and the drink of your choice at a party. What would be your snack and what would be your drink? Anything in the world?
1: Well, uh, at the risk of too much detail, I have found recent, in recent years that I can drink only tequila, oddly enough. Oh. Everything else makes me ill. Literally.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
1: So uh, my drink of choice would be either a margarita or a paloma. And um, my snack of choice would not be caviar. It, w- <laughs> it would be... Uh probably, uh, you know, prawns or, Ooh, I like, I like, um, seafood. And so probably, probably prawns or crab or something like that.
0: Yeah. That sounds really good. That's a really good answer. Um, the tequila part, I don't like tequila is my least favorite, um, alcohol.
1: Right. And most people, most people, if they are not going to drink something, it's tequila.
0: Yeah, that's me. That's I can drink anything but tequila. <laughs> right.
1: And so I I haven't the faintest idea why it is the thing I can drink. It's it's uh, strange.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a fun fact. Fun fact. Which is what we're here, what we're after, uh, what we're here for. Um, okay. Last question. And again, this is a perfect question for you. uh. uh Mrs. Hansen, have you ever ragged on a substitute teacher? What's the worst thing you did to one or the most outrageous thing you ever thought about one?
2: Hmm.
0: And I you're in a quite a position to answer this question professionally, I think.
1: Well. Yes and no. I mean, if you think about it, a teacher is not really in a position to have anything to do with a sub because if the sub's there, the teacher's not.
0: That's true. But we could think about your, you know. But as
1: an administrator.
0: Well, we, oh, I was going to say just when you were a student, but yes, I'm now more interested in the administrator part.
1: Yeah. As an administrator, I experienced several substitutes, um, about whom i was thinking private thoughts that couldn't really be voiced because
2: Ooh, okay
1: they were so bad that they had no business being in a room with young people mm. um you know it was re- it was truly a warm body situation
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i um the only thing whoops my power cord slipped sorry the, oh, only no thing, the only thing that i said to someone fairly pointedly and this was last year during pandemic uh we were back in school but a sub was not wearing his mask appropriate he had his mask under his chin Mm -hmm. and a couple of students had actually mentioned it that they were bothered by it and um so i made a point of going by the classroom and and just walking by the window and looking in. And sure enough, there he was up at the front of the room with his mask under his chin. And I walked in and called him on it, you know, in front of all the kids, which isn't necessarily as professional a thing to do. But I thought if kids are turning in this person, mm-hmm. they care about it. Mm-hmm. And he needs to know how serious I am when I tell him, put your mask on. So, I did it in front of the kids because I wanted him to get it.
0: Yeah. Did that fix the problem with this particular teacher or was it still yes, an issue? It. Okay. That's good. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What about when you were a young student? Did you ever uh, sass off to a substitute teacher or anything like that?
1: Uh, No, I wasn't the kind of student who would sass off to anyone. Really, Sure. Sure. No,
0: that's, that's why we love you. That's fair. Um, <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to have been a little more assertive when I was younger, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have ever been impolite to a substitute. Cause I could, even as a, as a young person, I could see that was a hard job. That that's a hard job.
0: It, I mean, it terrifies me and I'm, I'm hoping to talk to ask you a couple questions about this in a minute, but like, I think that's where you sort of have to start, right? If you want to get credentialed for teaching.
1: No, you don't have to sub. I never did.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, let's hold on to that for a second. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Mrs. Hanson, I think we did it. I think this was Dawn and the big sleepover. Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that we need to get on the record before we wrap it up here?
1: Well, just that I appreciate your reaching out to me. And I, I feel honored to have been asked to be on your podcast. It's a fun idea. And I've enjoyed reading the book and I've enjoyed talking to you. It's been a real fun time.
0: It was so much fun talking to you. You are certainly welcome back whenever you would like to join. Uh, however, much of a recharge period you need, I will send you another book whenever you have the time. And we can do it all <laughs> again if you would like. Um, it's a deal. Ms. Sanson, is there anything, uh, any place where people can follow you? Anything you want to plug or promote? That's like a law of a podcast. I have to ask the guests that right at the end.
1: Uh, Well, gosh, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not on Instagram. I don't do TikTok. I don't have a blog. I don't do any of those things. Um, But I will say I am spending my retirement currently and hopefully into the future doing quite a bit of writing. And if I um, get something of book length published, I will certainly ask to come back on your podcast and promote my book.
0: That sounds amazing. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, and if, if you have any of your writing anywhere online ever in the near future, please let me know. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely make sure that we put that out through our Twitter and our Instagram. We don't have a ton of followers, but we'll, we'll definitely get it out there for you.
2: Well
1: you're sweet thank you
0: <laughs> yeah well people can always follow us We are at babysitters BC as in book club on Instagram and Twitter and we cannot you can also always send us emails at the babysitters book club at gmail.com uh, that's the babysitters club at gmail.com I actually just did on the 50th episode extravaganza which people will have heard by now we cleaned out the account. So it's fresh, it's new, it's 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 empty and I'm there. If if people want to email me, I'm wa- I'm looking at it every week. So that's where people can get a hold of us. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mrs. Hansen, anything exciting for the holidays you have going on?
1: Uh no, not really just staying home, looking forward to having some quiet time with my family.
0: Yeah. And I guess this is coming out in January, so I should ask you anything exciting for President's Day, uh, Valentine's Day, <laughs> January, <laughs> February stretch? Well,
1: I don't, I don't know. It's exciting for me. I'm going to Carmel for a week in February, so that'll be nice.
0: Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, do you have plans in Carmel or you're just uh, vacationing?
1: Just vacationing. My husband and I like to try to go in February because, oddly, there's usually a stretch of really fine weather there in late February.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's where I uh, got engaged last year in Carmel. Did you? Yeah, on the beach.
1: That's lovely. At the beach right there at the bottom of the main drag?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, that's lovely.
0: Yeah. So we're planning a wedding right now, which is a lot of work. But uh, yeah, Carmel, that was...
1: But congratulations on that. Thank you
0: very much. That's when I always think of Carmel. That's what I think of. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here. We'll be back again next week with another episode of the Babysitter's Book Club. And Mrs. Hanson, thank you again so much. Uh, Such a pleasure to talk to you. uh, And I hope you have a fantastic holiday and a great trip to Carvel.
1: Thank you. This was my pleasure. Thank you, Jeremy.
0: All right. Talk to everyone later. Bye.